0: You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus.
1: Hello and welcome to this special playoff edition of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me as ever is...
2: One and only.
1: Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? Yeah, very good, thank you. And are you loving your special playoff one and only? I- I'm loving the one and only. I'm loving playoffs. It is a good time of year. Excellent. And of course, we're only a couple of days away from our big flights... To Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us later on the show, we have one player who is heading to the Legends Cup this Sunday. So, as I don't want to ruin the surprise, stay tuned to find out who that is.
2: I just want to uh, give a quick shout out to all our listeners out there. Just a reminder, with the league's awards, we've come up with a couple of our own. So, We mentioned the serious ones last week. So, Some of the silly ones, we got the War Paint Award because... Now, our athletes, LFL athletes, they love to get some crazy, um, concoctions sort of going on with that war paint. The other one we got is we got the best trash talker. Now we love some of the trash talker we get in this league and we thought we got an award, some of that. And the other one is Miss Social Media, because we love in this day and age to tweet and throw everything on Instagram. And so we're going to, we're going to shout out to whoever we think is, is the funniest and the best, best out there. But remember, you guys, you get a pick you get to pick the fans player of the year so easy to do that how do you do it
1: all you got to do is get in touch with us by tweeting at ball nest when you tweet us remember to include the hashtag lfl talk p o y
2: this is your reward you get your say we want to hear from you who's been the best player of the year who's been the hardest hitter? the fastest runner the best passer it's down to you
1: now, I can't say who this person voted for, but we have actually had our first official vote for the Fans Player of the Year. As it was our first nomination, I think it's only fitting that we give a shout out to the listener that gave us that. And that is D. Davidson Amadi goes by the handle on Twitter at the splinter cell so definitely go follow him thank you so much sir for your first vote of our fans player of the year and some of the other awards Marcus that we're going to be throwing out there this year do you want to remind our listeners what they're going to be we've got
2: Marcus's most improved player and Adri's all-rounder
1: yeah it's going to be a tough choice this year with some of the big players having to play multiple roles on both sides of the ball but I just want to ask one quick question before we do move on with the rest of the show Marcus are we including LFL personnel slash sideline reporters in our social media award.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose we could. I know you've, you've got uh, you've got a bit of a fan favorite yourself going on there. So you know what? We're going to take uh, a look at everyone. So you know what? LFL athletes, if you're listening out right now, you've got a couple of days to influence uh, our decisions. Get out there, start tweeting something funny, start posting something hilarious on Instagram. We like them. We've got a very bad sense of humor. So it's it's open to all categories.
1: Absolutely, why not? And if it comes down to who has the most followers, then I think I know who's gonna win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so is that gonna be our tie break? This is what I'm just trying to establish. If we can't decide between us who's gonna win this award for social media, what is the tie break?
2: I say our lovely producer Mark at Spamhead Productions can have the all important tiebreaking casting vote because we love to include everyone here. And he's deserved it, for all the hard work we've put him through this year over the podcast.
1: I couldn't have said it any better myself, buddy. And with that, we will be back with our game review. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. We come on now to the... Game review, and I think we should start with the first game on the Saturday itself, and that is the Western Conference Final between the Seattle Mist and the Los Angeles Temptation. As always, I'm going to come to you, Marcus, to find out where we should start.
2: For me, it was weird because it didn't really start as as what I consider as a, a big highly anticipated sort of playoff game because it was it was a real slow burner i mean la took that first drive and they stretched it
1: out nine minutes that drive lasted for just to confirm it worked i mean you got to sit there and go if you're going to put together a nine minute drive nine minutes, ten seconds to be exact
2: <laughs> you've got to come out with something you can't just leave that without anything and for me The way they constructed it around the running of the ball, getting Borso established early on, definitely then opened up Solano to to step back, scan the field and, and make
1: decisions. And as always, the tight end release, a big part of that Los Angeles offense as well, even on that opening drive. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right?
2: But again, the tight end release, that created the space. Uh, for Salerno to come in for that first touchdown run.
1: Yeah, and that's the one thing you do get, don't we? We've said it before about when you have Solano in the backfield, she makes that decision so quickly. When the space opens up in front of her, she'll scan the field. If there's nothing on, then she'll disappear and just take off.
2: Yeah, I like that because she's decisive. She knows when she wants to run. And, you know, she's got the legs and she's got the hitting power because, again, she runs through people. That's what I think needed because I saw on the first couple, like, throw attempts, maybe some jitters, you know, first game back. But, you know, once she had that first run, a first completion, really settled into the game.
1: It would be easy after being off the field for nine minutes. It'd be easy for that Seattle offense just to kind of switch off, but they didn't. It was more the LA defense that actually switched off for having been off the field for so long. Big penalty for Seattle's first drive. Then Megan Hansen's 20 yards uh, TD reception just because of the great field position that they were left with, and
2: the maturing of KK Muffini really establishes herself because she was literally back in the pocket. She she watched the field. She saw the break off by Megan, and literally you could see it. Like she pointed to her. She said, "There's a gap there. Get in that gap. She threw the ball there. Boom!" And it was it's that sort of generalship of the leading of the team and like knowing that sort of presence to go, what have I got? That person's covered, not available over there. Hang on. I've got a gap there. I've got Megan. She's free. Get over there. I'll throw you the ball. It was brilliant because you can really see the progression now.
1: And also I just want to say on the two point conversion attempt following that touchdown, was it me or did you also think the Hopkins catch was just a little bit too easy?
2: Yeah. Again, KK can move the pocket, draw the defence to the other side of the field, you're sitting there going, someone's got to have contain there. Someone's got to be either watching the sort of the backside contain in a zone or someone's got to be man on man marking and have the, the presence in mind to pick up the receiver because you know Jessica was way too open
1: and just to finish off then on that sort of first couple of drives by either team whilst LA were on the field for nine minutes it took Seattle just over a minute <laughs> to answer back which a lot of it was down to that big penalty that I mentioned LA got the ball back and something I wasn't expecting to see but we saw quite a lot of Michelle Angel at wide receiver
2: coach Biz was constantly changing the, uh, the packages as wide receiver. We saw Jaramillo, uh, Amanda Rula, and he was just, like I said, and Michelle Angel, they were constantly changing around. Same as he was getting so established in the game, because she was picking up like five yards every single run. Then bringing in Sherry Waga, who literally just bulldozed her way. But um, I couldn't believe it. For me, the additions of wide receiver, the problem was the drops. Oh, yeah. Doesn't no matter who's playing wide receiver, you can't afford to do two things, one Jeremillo can't afford to drop it in the end zone, and then when Jeremillo finally catches it in the end zone, she can't actually have Michelle Angel illegally motion in front of the snap, and finally Amber Reed number four for l a another drop and you're I couldn't believe in one series you're like you've had effectively Three scoring plays come off the board from two drops and a stupid penalty.
1: It's incredible, isn't it? And that was what I just got as well, that just the penalties, again, in that first half. And I think, to be honest, throughout the game, it's one of the worst displays in that sense, I think, from LA's point of view, for me. Just that lack of discipline there on on both sides of the ball, really. But the one thing we did get at the start of the second half, which we were hoping to get in the first... That battle in the trenches started to get very physical after the speeches from Danica Brace and Coach Michelson at halftime. Yeah. I mean
2: that was the thing for me because this was so, so closely contested. So closely contested. I mean, really when you when you consider how it was going, you didn't really know it until the final play of the game who was going to win this this was edge of seat stuff this is what playoffs are made for two teams battling it out both teams deserving to go through but only one survives establishing the run game for me they didn't do it as much because they were just taking chunks out of LA and um, KK was just driving it for fun um, but also the run defense in the second half for Seattle shutting down Carmen Borso um, basically meant that LA had to sort of rely on um, Sherry Owaga. now don't get me wrong wow, could she still run mean, She got another rushing touchdown in the second half. But it was, again, it was a case for me that LA defeated themselves with a lot of drops.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that. We just want to come on to that touchdown you mentioned from Sherry Iwago. That was... Of course, the score that put LA in the lead with five minutes to go, putting them up 24-22. But again, we saw the resilience of KK. Bryn Render had an awesome sideline catch there, which he managed to get that one foot in as well. When I first saw it, I was like, that's an amazing catch. Then I saw the challenge flag and I was like, really? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I just thought, to me, it just looked so obvious it was a catch.
2: For me, what really stood up on that final drive for, for Seattle there, it was the scoring play. Watch what, Naja Christmas, Absolutely lights up KK. You know, she's not a big quarterback. God, does she know how to, to, to stare down the barrel with that gun? And as, as Nasha just wipes her out, she delivers a bullet straight to Brace. And oh, I couldn't believe it. You just saw Nasha just coming in frame by frame. You're like, she gonna, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt. And then whoosh, bang, just as she's lit up straight to Brace score. And I'm, I'm like, out my seat, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!"
1: Yeah, it was the a, a perfect throw, perfect play call, perfect route, the tight end post, and just ran straight past everyone for score. Because she's deceptively quick, isn't she, Miss Brace? I
2: think Danica, to be fair as well, she's got a good pair of hands. I don't, you don't see Danica drop many, many um footballs thrown her way. They're going to mark the the Brim renders of the word. They're going to mark the Jessica Hopkins because they're going to go right there. The established wide receivers. You need those tight ends to to be able to be a safe pair of hands and outlet when. Like you say, when you're about to get absolutely clattered, you can just let it off and you know Brace, she's a strong runner, she's got pace and she's got power and she just finds the end zone.
1: And that put Seattle up 28-24, right near the end of the game. Then just when you think it's over, Ashley Solano completes a massive pass downfield to Daniel Harvey and you're thinking LA are going to steal this one again. But no, young lady steps up when she needed to make a play. And I know there was a few people in on this, but to me, the more I look at it, the more I'm putting the strip and fumble on Megan Hansen. I'm saying that's Megan Hansen play right there. It's difficult because that defence, they stood up.
2: They've just been burned. Big play. You've got to do something now. We have got under a minute to play. Do we want to win this? Do we want to go to the Legends Cup final? in our house and you know what they swarmed to a ball they attacked it the defense stepped up in the entire second half but it was it, like you said i'm not sure who who stripped it out but they didn't stop fighting on that because let's face it Sherry Owago being just running through them all day like literally she'd have two defenders on her and just like i'm just gonna run into the end zone don't mind me and then literally they just attacked and they wanted it they were hungrier for it and and they found a way to make that play when it counts
1: and that's it and Seattle came away with the win 28-24 and they advanced to the Legends Cup final as Marcus says they're in their home arena the Showwear center next Sunday and when we come back we will find out who joins them
0: I just want to be given the chance
1: you were the pioneers that built women's football
0: the opportunity
2: to succeed
1: or even to fail
0: You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it. The LFL on Fuse. Saturdays starting April 18th.
1: We come on now to the Eastern Conference Review and we have both just watched the game footage and this is quite bad, but Bearing in mind the Western Conference we've just watched, I'm a little bit underwhelmed, Marcus. What about yourself?
2: Feisty, aggressive, but so sloppy.
1: Yeah, Sloppy Joes is definitely the best way to, to sum up some of the play, particularly in that first half. I mean, there was some good, there was some bad, there was some ugly. You know what? I'm just going to come out, just say, let's move on to the other news. Hallie Jushka made her return. <laughs> let's start there, shall <laughs> we? <laughs>
2: And for me, the, the, the big people like Dina Wojcicki, I felt she'd had a game where she just had too many stupid mistakes, um, too many penalties, really affecting what she, her output. Um, other ones like Dakota and her wide receivers, uh, Lauren Sigler, there was a couple of nice passes. It felt like Dakota, she was off sync all night. She was not completing the passes as, as were. Um, and there was no run game. Naz Johnson was all quiet except for the last drive in the fourth quarter when it was too little, too late. But on the other side of the ball, you know what? I have got to shout out kudos. We said in last week it was going to come down to quarterbacks. I just said Dakota seemed out of sync. You know who wasn't out of sync?
1: Yeah, Heather for, Heather Rockstar. For, I mean, what a game she had. I'm just going to take over from you there for a minute if I can, buddy. And I think obviously there's been a lot said about her performance as quarterback, and we know we don't try to read into these things too much we just let her perform on the field and come the hour come off the rock star what a great performance all round great first touchdown for her to Christelle Harris great throw throughout the game she managed it well there's a few short passes and in that second half as well we had a monster forty-yard pass to Ali Alberts. Now, for someone who apparently can't throw a football, that's a pretty mean pass. You know what? It looked great
2: all night. She was. It wasn't just like linking up her and Alberts. That was a great connection. Pretty much, Alberts was on point all night. But she was really moving the ball around. Like you said, she she got it to quite a few people. You know, somebody really impressed me was uh, Jamie Fornell, who number seven. We hadn't really seen much of her. She was kind of a an unknown quantity, and we suddenly saw her you know, catch a touchdown, and she looked impressive.
1: Yeah, very much so. Like you say, we haven't seen much of her all season, but seeing her on the roster and seeing her on the field, she's going to be quite the weapon for the Middle Legends Cup final, and unless Seattle do their extensive research, maybe she can kind of sneak in the back door, as it were.
2: She was also playing defence as corner. She was a great addition when... Um, Dominic Collins got a little bit banged up in that second half. So you might even have someone who's versatile to be that sort of extra rotation, which is perfect because let's face it, it's, it's a tough gritty game. People go down injured. Though Heather played an amazing game. This, the person who stole the show for me has to be numero uno. Ali Alberts, she
1: was phenomenal yeah I thought you were actually going to say uh, the Ferrari there because obviously she had quite a few big plays as well
2: Christo Harris had an amazing game but she only did what we expect the Ferrari to do She she just she switched the engine off and she didn't stop that motor running
1: no there's a couple of other plays in there I think we should come back to actually like there was a a play in the first half where we thought Ziggler had a great catch in the end zone but unfortunately as she kind of came down out of bounds the ball popped up but the fact she catches it it was very Des Bryant-esque because there was that initial kind of movement of the ball that she had to recontrol it obviously it was counted as not a touchdown as an incomplete pass and then I want to get your thoughts on this actually there was Alberts' touchdown Alberts' first
2: first touchdown catch yeah she catches it she lands lands, and then basically it's popped by the Atlanta player and the ball comes out and you have to say that Ziegler was down in the end zone and then the the ground the contact the ground forced the fumble so um, you know incomplete so therefore you got to sit there and go if she didn't get the due process of the catch there why is Alberts getting the due process of the catch on her one it seems a, a bit mismatched but you know what sometimes the dice rolls that way it goes for you it doesn't in my, in my opinion Atlanta going to go we choked the pressure of the big stage got to us um, our key players did not show up. They didn't, they were out of sync all night, which basically meant it was advantage Chicago and did, you know, they took it. They took it
1: indeed. And to be honest, like, obviously I'm, I'm glad that Chicago are in the final, but at the same time, I'm gutted for the likes of Dakota Hughes and, and coach Robinson. Obviously when we had coach Robinson on earlier in the year. He's just such a nice guy, loves the sport and. It's such a shame for his team to go out like that because you know that with all the preparation and everything he would have done for this game, there's no way they should have performed like that. And you saw from how Dakota was after the game that, you know, she was just in complete disarray. She was just in such disappointment at her performance and I guess the team's performance on the night.
2: Yeah, individual performances on the night did not match up. They left, I'd say, out of fumbles, drop catches, the amount of drop catches in the in the the, the red zone, in, in, in the end zone as well. I mean, they easily left eighteen points on the field. Now, in the grand scheme of it, you're sitting there going, Well, eighteen points doesn't win them the game. But at the times when they don't complete the passes, the times when they have the fumbles, Going into the half time 14-6, yeah, you can kind of. Guys, win in this game. They let down a stupid touchdown. They shouldn't have allowed it. Suddenly it's, you know, 21-6 at the half. It's a little different mentality. Then they had a chance to come back in the second half and sort of reduce it to a two-score deficit. Nope, doesn't come out, off for them. So therefore, it was a mistake-ridden, really ugly-to-watch-at-times game. But you know what? I think the better team came out of it. They got the win. Um, sometimes, you know, it's not about winning pretty. It's about getting that W. Chicago got the W.
1: Yeah. 41 six was the final score in the end. And you know what? I'm actually in a way looking forward to how Atlanta are going to bounce back next year because. As they always say, it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's how you get back up again afterwards, isn't it? So, look forward to seeing what Coach Robertson's going to do with that squad for next year and how he's going to pick them up after a loss like that and, and turn them around for next year.
2: My my little tidbit on here, character, and that explains it all. If you don't know what I mean, we might have to leave a cheeky link or some kind of video, or sort of YouTube video for you guys, but I'm... just going to say character
1: and coach courtney is that where you're going with that yeah fair enough yep we can indeed find coach courtney's speech on character and football and with that we leave that review there so the final next week will be between chicago and seattle and i think before we get on to our player interview it's only fitting to firstly say Pretty sure it's what I predicted at the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: look at me, I'm at you, I know everything.
1: Well, didn't want to say that, but did at the same time. <laughs> look, mate, if I call something right, you know with our other podcast, how many times do I get things wrong? So are you gonna let me have just this one moment? My moment in time. My everyone? Martin McCutcheon moment. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Everyone? Take a breath. Take a pause and <gasps> stare to the sky. <gasps> there you go, there's your moment. <laughs> I mean, you've had it. Wow, that was short-lived. <laughs> was, was it? Was, was it good? Was it good that moment? That was my Marcus experience. That lasted far too quickly. <laughs> oh. <my God. laughs> so moving back to the Legends Cup final next week, Chicago, Seattle. I want to get a prediction out of you.
2: Uh, we're going to look ahead to this. You know what? I see two mismatches now. Where a very good Chicago defense with a rock star who can throw with a monster performance from Ali Alberts uh, going up against KK. And her commanding presence on the field with all her weapons for that young secondary that got burned a few times. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to have to probably give this to the free Pete Chicago Bliss. And I think we're talking something very similar to the to the L.A. miss score. I think we're going to see something like the late twenty, say 28, 26 again, somewhere around there.
1: Wow, okay. It's a bold statement, Cotton. Um I'm gonna go on the flip side to that, as always, play a little bit of Devil's Advocate, and I am gonna go with twenty-one eighteen to Seattle. Oh, East meets west. Yeah, East, and uh, West, West, in the Battle of the Old West. I'm in this camp.
2: Well, I will firmly put myself into the Bliss camp here. It is going to be three peak champions. Dynasty,
1: baby. We will see next week. The world's fastest growing sport
0: arrives to YouTube Legends Football League.
1: Break their confidence. Keep breaking their
2: confidence. It's not nothing.
0: They want to brawl, they don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And only games
1: in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. We are now joined on the show by one of the game's most standout wide receivers, and that is Bryn Render of the Seattle Mist. Welcome to the show, Bryn.
0: Hi, how are you doing? Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. Yeah, we're doing very well. Thank you. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm uh, just getting off. so I'm pretty happy about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Just finishing work, you mean?
0: Yeah, actually, school. I'm in med school uh, down here in Tampa, so... We had kind of a crazy day of, uh, certifications and stuff, so.
1: Did you say you're at med school? How long is that lasting for? Cause I know that's quite an intense course.
0: It is, um, it's actually PA school to be specific, um, for those that kind of know what that is, but, um, I'm in my, I'm just starting my second year and it's a 28 month ordeal. So I'm kind of starting clinicals here, clinical rotations in the next week, actually. And I'll be doing that for the next year. And then, uh, I'll take my board next December. So it's kind of crazy. It's been kind of hard, I guess you could say, juggling that uh, along with the season, but you know, I've made it work. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Before we come on to the main part of the interview, please can I ask you who or what inspired you to start playing in the league?
0: Sure. Um I've really been an athlete my whole life. And actually, KK Messini and I, the quarterback, she, her and I went to college together up in uh, Pensacola in Florida. And, um, we played, you know, sports together in college. We, you know, played flight play football and all that. And we kind of both moved down to Tampa at the same time. And we heard about the league. One of our friends told us about the league. And we you know we were a little skeptical at first. So we thought we'd go check it out. So, um, you know, we went to a tryout and at first we were thinking, oh, uh, you know, well, whatever, let's just get out of here. Let's just not to see this. And, but then, you know, she talked me into it. We ended up staying and trying out. And, um, you know, here we are six years later, five seasons, three teams. It's been a crazy ride, but, you know, on top of that, I just kind of, like, both of us being athletes and myself being an athlete, I think, you know, we really did it because, you know, we like to set good impressions, you know, kids, and especially the females out there, you know, the girls that are growing up and, you know, they'll want to play football and, you know, even baseball or anything like that, and we want to show them that, you know, girls can do what boys can do, and, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to, and so we're really out there just kind of as pioneers, for the game of football, for women, Um, you know, just trying to show them that they can do anything really, you know. So that's another motivation for us as well.
1: And yet you're also in a a fantastic example, I think, that has to be said. So with American (laughs) football then, it was your flag football career in college. Was that your first introduction to American football or have you always been a fan of the NFL?
0: Oh, no, definitely always been a fan, um, which is funny because, you know, as a younger girl um, growing up, a teenager and obviously, you know, in college and early 20s, you don't really find as many females that, you know, are interested in kind of like sitting in front of the TV and, you know, going crazy and yelling at the screen and really, really, really getting into it. Um But no, I've absolutely always been an NFL fan, uh, football in general. But as far as myself, yeah, you know, college really, like football was kind of the intro, you know, like the prelude into, I guess, LSL because, you know, as females, were not offered as much, you know, growing up and through high school as boys are so you know we don't have as much experience and
1: who is your favorite NFL team then I have to ask
0: you know that's a difficult question to answer actually obviously I live in Tampa and I'm, you know, I I follow the Bucks. I'm somewhat of a Bucks fan, but I'm a Tim Tebow fan, guilty as charged. So.
1: (laughs) Oh, Tim Tebow! Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) Sadly, I seem to end up watching whatever team he plays for. So I guess now this year that makes me somewhat of an Eagles fan.
1: Well, he does inspire many people.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I've always been a fan of him. I mean, I really do enjoy following the Seahawks now as well, though, since I've been kind of spending a lot of time in Seattle and following the team and, you know, a lot of the players on there really have a lot of respect for his fire.
1: And you mentioned earlier you're obviously still in Tampa at the moment and so you were previously playing for Jacksonville. Who or what made you decide to join Seattle this season?
0: Um, It was kind of interesting the way it happened. It was kind of almost all a last-minute thing. KK, you know, they were talking to her about, hey, you know, would you be interested in coming up here and play? And, uh, she, you know, she kind of was on the line with Coach Chris about it back and forth. And, you know, so she kind of came to me and said, hey, like, you know, why don't you, why don't you still play? Why don't you come with me? And I'm thinking, yeah, that's crazy. I'm down here in Tampa. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But obviously I wanted to. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things that's just, it's really, really hard to give up. And I kept telling myself, oh, I'm starting med school, you know, I need to give it up. I need to grow up. But honestly, it's really, really hard to be an athlete, your whole life, and then just take a huge chunk of you away. Like, you know, it becomes part of your heart. It becomes part of your being. And you try and take it away, and it's just like you don't feel like a normal person anymore. So I was kind of, you know, contemplating it back and forth. And I can honestly say it is the best decision I've made in a long time. I couldn't be happier. I mean, I'm absolutely – I just – I love the girl. I love Coach Chris. Coach Price just – all of them up there it's been a really really great season so I'm glad that I made the decision to kind of you know, zoom back and forth um, but it's
1: worked for Dallas. So. In Seattle your role may have changed in the locker room because for Jacksonville I think you were definitely one of the leaders of the team but what has that been like transitioning into Seattle and do you find yourself still as one of the leaders in the locker room or do you take more of a backseat role now?
0: I am not Kind of, I can probably say I'm a silent leader, so I'm not really probably one of the ones you're gonna see. And this has just really always been me and my personality, I guess. You're not always gonna see me, you know, giving the speech in the during halftime in the locker room, or you know, the one kind of like being on the camera all the time. I'm kind of like a silent leader. I would, um, but I don't mind. You know, I like I know my role and I contribute in any way that I can. Really, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, it's been six years and we're all all yearning. I know KK and myself, and then there's a few others on the team, you know, Danica, Stevie, um, Jessica Hopkins. Uh, You know, we've all been in the league pretty much the same amount of time. And so we're just really been a long time coming. So this Western Conference Championship was just huge for all of us. I mean, it was. It was awesome.
1: Uh, what was the mood in the locker room like after the game, after such a big win for all those players you mentioned there?
0: Oh gosh. I think, you know, it was really, we were speechless trying of for a little bit because it came down to the end and but I got, I know coach literally almost had three heart attacks on the sideline <laughs> over the course of the beginning of the game to the end. It's, all of us, it's just like nerve wracking. Um, but we just couldn't have been happier. I mean, I know there was, tears, a lot of tears, tears of joy, tears of happiness, because, you know, like I said, it's just been a long time coming, so it was just nice to be able to just sit down and know that finally, you know, I guess we had to come to the Western Conference to do it, but um, (laughs) regardless, it was just the best feeling in the world, you know, knowing that you put in all that time and finally it's come to fruition.
1: And I'd imagine you'd have been proud of your own performance as well, because you came up with some big catches. There was obviously the the touchdown one where KK was on a bit of a scramble, and you managed to somehow keep it off the floor in the end zone. Um, and then you had that fantastic sideline catch as well as part of the last drive.
0: Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I just she tells me get open, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be there for you. So you know, throw it where you have to throw it, and I'll get there. Um, so I just try and do what I can, but it always seems to come down to my. Uh, my catches with the challenge flag, so I always have to sit there and sweat it out. No way to see what the call is going to be, but yeah, no, I mean, I you know I do what I what I'm after.
1: Of. <laughs> of course, yeah. Was that a reference to the uh, the first game against LA there, where it kind of got stripped out of your hands?
0: Right. Yeah. The, the first game, I had that challenge flag, and then uh I think a couple games before this one, I had another challenge in This game, I had two. Um, so I guess I need to kind of get my. Not make it so, uh, ambiguous, I guess, <laughs> but you no, know, it's good. I mean, I, you know, I had a couple, I did have a couple catches, but I can honestly say that if you were to sit down and say who are the main contributors on the team, I would have to list every single player. I mean, we literally had, I think KK threw it to a different person for every touchdown. I mean, we have some big players on the team and I could tell you literally from, you know, top to the bottom of the roster, we have solid contribution across the board. So, you know, I'll just play a small role and a, you know, a huge picture. So we just have a lot of talent on our roster this year. And it's just amazing that the playoff games was really just like a showdown of some of the best athletes in the league. It was amazing.
1: I'm just going to bring in Marcus now because I'm sure he has a few questions for you.
0: Hi, Marcus. How are you?
2: I'm very good, thank you. Actually, you've, you've led me perfectly by mentioning that KK threw a touchdown pass a, a different receiver every time. Uh, we noticed that the passing game featured very heavily for your game plan was... Was that the the sort of strategy coming into the game?
0: Seattle. I've been a part of different teams, um, different offense coordinators, and what I really like about this team is that Coach Chris isn't afraid to take chances, and you know he tells KK that don't be afraid to take chances, which you know includes airing the ball out. You know if you see here or here at the step on a defender, throw it. You know give our athletes a, you know a chance to use their abilities to make these big plays, and I think that's what's really you know helped us in the long run so i, I love playing for a coach you know that was, he's such a brilliant offensive mind coach in general but you know everyone's different but it's just really worked out for us because we have the weapons and so he's not afraid to use them
2: absolutely you mentioned coach michaelson there, and um, so game planning for um, taking on la again this year with playing them so many times did you feel like you knew what you were to expect in this game
0: we we watch a lot of film, obviously, you know, all the teams are out there watching film on the other team. And if you obviously we have some experience and you know, I've gone up against, you know, the same corner, I guess, what four or five games down a row. And so we kind of, you start to understand, you know, tendencies of the other team, little things they do, little things that you notice just from watching film and obviously from lining up against them. So we kind of had an idea of what we thought they were going to do. But then again, when it comes down to playoffs, you know, you expect the other team to kind of pull some tricks out of their hat. So we were prepared for that as well, you know, kind of the unknown.
2: All that preparation definitely worked off. Um, For you guys, winning the West Definitely the most competitive of the two divisions this year. Do you think the extra strength in the schedule has helped you prepare for the Legends Cup?
0: I absolutely do. Um, you know, we didn't have, we kind of, we just had LA and Vegas, obviously kind of like a back to back thing, but I do think that, you know, even Vegas not making it into the playoffs, they gave us a really good challenge. Um, you know, I definitely have to credit both. Vegas and LA. They have some big time players. Um, they had some big time plays, and it wasn't easy by any means. Um, but I do think the challenge has helped us up to this point, and now going into the Legends Cup, you know, I feel like we have some strength underneath us. So I'm hoping that's gonna kinda just fuel us to the win. We're hoping. So just
1: a couple of things to finish off if we can, Bryn. can I maybe ask if you can give our listeners like an interesting or fun fact about yourself that maybe not many people know.
0: Oh man, an interesting or fun fact. That would probably be something you should should ask one of my teammates. because I guess I'm just going to sit here and probably say something, but they'll probably give you something a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell you. I don't know. I have three wiener dogs. No. Okay. Yeah,
1: that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally, um, can I ask if you have any advice for any young female athletes wanting to get into the LFL or the sport of American football in general?
0: Absolutely. Don't ever sit there and tell yourself that because it hasn't been done, you can't do it. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, you know, it's out cliche, but honestly, if it's a dream and it's a passion, and it's in your heart. You can absolutely do it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've been told as females, oh, you know, that's a guy thing or, oh, that's you know, it's more of a man's job or a man's sport or whatever. I mean, if, if people really grew up listening to that and believing that, no one would ever push forward thinking that they could do, you know, what they're told they can't. And I really just hope that by us, you know, showing them that they're capable of doing anything that they want to do and, you know, just setting a good example for them that it's really going to change things, you know, in the next five years, ten years, um, as far as, like, women's sports go.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Now, on behalf of myself and... Marcus and, and all of our listeners I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show today Bryn um, congratulations on your big win and we look forward to seeing you next week at the Legends Cup Final
0: Thank you so much I appreciate it guys thanks for having me Spamhead
1: Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire we specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs whether it be field recordings Fox Pops or capturing the atmosphere during social events editing is a very time consuming job so Spamhead Productions Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast, too. Visit us now, Spamhead Productions.Weebly.com. That's Spamhead Productions.Weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week, and we will join you again when we are live from the Legends Cup next weekend. That's right, we're in Seattle baby. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it far too much, but be sure what? to no, really? Yeah, exactly. Us talk about going to Seattle for the Legends Cup. No, that never happens. That's anyway. <laughs> Indeed sir. So, <laughs> like to thank our guest Bryn Render, for joining us on the show today. Also my co-host
0: One and only.
1: Marcus Henson, our producer Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Don't forget about our LFL Talk Awards send us your tweets at Hawk's Nest with the hashtag LFL Talk for your player of the year votes and finally our shows are available on the LFL 360 website just go to the radio link and you'll see a full history of our shows we're on iTunes Stitcher Radio TuneIn Radio and our more recent shows are also rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network so until the Legends Cup football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by